0: Hi, I'm Brittany Pacheco. I'm Hi, I'm Amber <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and we are the Watchers in the Basement. Thank you all so much for joining our YouTube channel. We are very appreciative. We are bringing to you part two of season four of Netflix hit series, You, in a one episode wrap up. Ladies, thank you all so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. This. Part two was wild in my personal opinion. And first and foremost, we're going to get everyone's reactions about part two. Amber, I'm going to start with you. What were your thoughts about season four, part two of you? Uh,
1: Loved it because I feel vindicated. (laughs) Rightfully so. Yeah. um, I am so happy about all those little nuggets that I caught and that I mentioned um once uh Marcy once you introduce that theory like I'm so happy because I was a little like when um <clears throat> when we had the w- w- killer confirmed of who it was I was like uh oh, not wah, wah. okay like I was just, just a little bummed and then um as the story progressed I just oh I got so happy um did a little fist pump in the air as it happened. It was great. And, um, yeah, I really, really liked it.
0: Uh, yeah. And Marcy, what were your thoughts about part two?
2: I agree. I think part two was a lot better than part one for sure. For me. Um, also like Amber, I was like, Oh, like I saw that, like I knew that was going to happen. Um, so I liked that. Um, didn't love some of the things that happened at the end that we'll talk about, but um, yeah, some of those um, twists and turns, I was like, oh, okay, like I kind of expected this twist, but then they would show another twist and was like, oh, I wasn't expecting this particular twist. So that Mm -hmm. was good. Like me watching it, it was just kind of like this emoji and like the head exploding emoji, (laughs) Um, but it was good. I will say that this is probably my favorite season of you so far
0: i agree and i feel like with this season part one was obviously the very much of a setup like here's the new storyline here's the quote-unquote new character of joe goldberg aka jonathan moore here's what's going on with his life he wants to have a holiday from the life that he's known back in america wanting to start fresh and then like all these things start happening And so, yeah, you have to kind of establish the story. You have to establish the other surrounding characters, what have you, but it just kind of compared to part two, it just kind of dragged, right? It started getting far more exciting when we were coming to the end of part one. And then with part two leading off with episode six entitled Best of Friends, it's like, oh, shit just got real. Like shit just got super wild with the storyline. So how we're going to talk about Part two in this wrap up episode is simply this. We're going to break down um, just a few of the characters that really didn't have much storyline altogether. We're going to talk about the new character that was introduced because this new character has a lot to do with our leading actors of our leading characters of Kate and Joe. Uh, But there's a couple of other secondary characters, if you will, that did have pretty major storylines, if you will. So first off, we're going to introduce a new character, and that is of Tom Lockwood. Tom Lockwood, who is Kate's dad. I was really not expecting actually to ever see him in these episodes, but it only made sense. Obviously, there was a lot of talk Mm -hmm. surrounding him towards the end of part one. So Amber, starting off with you, what were your impressions when we first met Tom Lockwood.
1: Um,
0: I was mostly
1: just going along with the vibes that Joe was getting. Like, hey, this guy's clearly dangerous, but also, hey, he's charismatic. Like, as I was seeing it and hearing it from Joe, the same way he was. So it's like, I'm not surprised that he could, like, immediately had warning. This guy's a threat, warning, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> because I did too. Like this, especially from what we've already heard about him that he's like this huge looming figure and um has his hands in a lot of dark circles of society i um i thought it was interesting actually getting to see him but like you i didn't think that we were going to ever really see him or if we do it's going to be for like a couple scenes here and there or over the phone never like in person
0: and Marcy, did you think that Tom Lockwood was going to have a bigger role as, as he did? By the way, I failed to mention that the actor who who portrays Tom Lockwood is a uh, Greg Keener. Now I I can recall him as of recent from the Nicholas Sparks adaptation of uh oh, what's that? Miley Cyrus movie with Liam Hemsworth. Oh, um the
2: last song or something? The last song. Thank yeah. you. That, I that's saw it on, like his IMDB because I was looking yeah. up all the stuff he's been in.
0: That's that's <laughs> the most recent movie that I can recall Greg Keener from, which he he was a phenomenal character in that movie. So but overall, like what what did you think of how much how much screen time we got from Tom Lockwood?
2: I didn't think we would get as much that he would get as much screen time. I also wasn't expecting him to be American. For some reason, I was just assuming that he was British. So like Greg Kinnear shows up and I was like, he's American. I was like, are they going to have him like doing a British accent? Like, I don't think I've ever heard him do one. Uh, and then he just opens his mouth. I'm like, oh, like this guy is American. So it must be her mom that is British. But Um, Yeah, he's a great actor. He's typically like the good guy in a lot of movies and shows. So it was really interesting to see him play a little bit of a darker character. Um, And kind of like you, Amber, I was kind of learning about him as Joe's talking about him. And I wasn't expecting him for him to drop like the hi, Joe thing. Like, as soon as he did, I was like, Oh, okay, first scene, like, Out of the gate, we know that he knows who Joe is. So um, it was a very interesting character, but also we've come to know, obviously, that Joe is an unreliable narrator. So I'm interested to know, like, how much of that was, like, Joe's projection of Tom and how much of it, like, was he actually, like, this bad guy or villainous? Um, But no,
0: I think he did a great job. And, and I like how you mentioned about how Joe kind of fails to be like the most straightforward type of narrator in, in part two, because yeah, stuff gets wild and stuff gets very muddled when it comes down to Joe. And, and he's so and,
1: biased.
0: Yeah. <laughs> incredibly, incredibly so. And, uh, you know, while on the topic of, of Tom Lockwood, I have questions, of course. Like, I don't feel this. Part, part two of season four really kind of ironed out a lot of these issues with what we experienced in part one there are still things that either just weren't fully developed in terms of characters or just storyline development that kind of thing but i felt like with the introduction of tom lockwood it's like okay cool like we've heard about him we know he reveres kate as his favorite daughter she did a bad thing when she was working with him, right? And there's animosity between between the two. But for him to just kind of like come out the gate with like, hello, Joe." and I'm like, okay, <laughs> man with lots of uh, lots of resources, obviously mm-hmm. think love Quinn, right? Unlimited resources, mm-hmm. unlimited power, if you will. like it wasn't very surprising that. Yeah he knew joe's true identity but the fact that he knew or at least speculated that joe had killed his wife he was just gonna let joe continue to date kate like without any right. like problems whatsoever. kate who is quote unquote his favorite daughter out of his seven ch- children like who does that? <laughs> like thoughts, Amber and Marcy. Amber, <laughs> if you'd like to go first, please do. Um.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I was a little. Um, I, I I don't really know because a lot of it is him. From what we see throughout this this part of the season, is that, yeah, she thinks that she was being independent and having a lot of her life, but. All of her boyfriends, every all of her jobs, every single like step of her life has been curated by her father. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if he knew the moment that Joe moved around live was like in her circle. And then the like, as things progress, you know, he's been watching him. but I'm surprised, um, I was surprised that he let it drop so early. Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to like, I guess, tease joe a little bit more with it um but i wasn't surprised that it happened like it makes perfect sense but um i w- and it, like like i said I, I in a weird way i was not surprised that he let him continue to date his favorite daughter because i guess part of that is a little cocky of oh i got it handled regardless yeah
0: yeah wild marcy your thoughts i'm thinking maybe he
2: knows like kate's true nature and he's like oh like kate's fine she's gonna be fine like this guy's not like a threat to her you know we don't know um but also i thought it could have been maybe part of another twist maybe joe is imagining that Tom said this and maybe Tom doesn't know this. So that could be another possibility. They didn't really explain that at the end of like Tom's storyline. So we don't know yes or no, Um, but that could be another possibility. But uh, I mean, it seems like Kate also has protection everywhere even if she's not aware of it. Um, So even if Tom did know that Joe killed love and he's this dangerous guy, he probably has so many bodyguards around her that he's not even worried about it
0: it did definitely seem to be of that nature because i think by revealing upright uh, up first foremost and that he knew who joe really was right and then to say hey you're basically going to do my bidding because otherwise like i'm going to reveal the truth about you right like you faked your death in order to come over here and start a whole new life. So I mean, talk about blackmail. Obviously, it goes out with that, goes without saying. Sorry. And I I just I was like, wow, like this is how we're starting our our introductions, like meeting, meeting the parent for the first time at dinner in a public restaurant. It's like, hello, Joe. And it's just like, oh, okay, like this is this is what we're doing. Like that's that's great. Um, but yeah, the fact that Tom Lockwood wants to know more about reese reese who the last of part one we found out that he made his formal announcement to run for mayor of london and it seems that tom you know wants to know more about reese and what reese may or may not have on tom lockwood as as a business person right and it's just kind of like joe i'm gonna make you do the dirty work for me otherwise i'm gonna reveal who you really are and then it Looking back on it now, it does make me wonder how much of this was actually legit because Joe's narration is probably not the best in part two based on what we later find out to be revealed. But we will will get there. We will get there. We just Mm -hmm. got to cover a couple of other Mm -hmm. characters before we get there, y'all. So, yeah, that was that was really fantastic i mean he had he uh greg kinnear had some great scenes Mm -hmm. with kate kate alone and then Mm -hmm. joe alone like you could see and you could in my opinion you could see and feel just how much power he actually has like when he broke it down for Mm -hmm. kate about you've never actually achieved anything on your own talk about like stomping on your your achievements right like just bringing you down Mm -hmm. holy shit! like what type of parent does that like you're only here like up here high because i've deemed it so i made the phone calls i made sure you had the right internships the right jobs you know what I'm saying? But I also want you to head up this museum back in New York. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to deflate you. I'm going to berate you. But I also mm-hmm. want you to come and do this thing for me. Yeah, Who does that? Who does that? Like, psycho what kind of does Zero. that?
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, helicopter, psycho billionaire parents.
0: <laughs> Trillionaire parents. I don't know. Uh, for real, Tom Lockwood does that. Uh, sh- quick shout out to uh, Nick and Claire from Walking with the Woods all the way over in the UK. Appreciate y'all being here. Um, hopefully y'all have finished part two of season four of You because we are definitely going to break it down here. So love to have your input.
1: And we're going to have spoilers.
0: <laughs> for sure. For sure. Spoilers. Tom Lockwood. Uh, yeah, that man tripped me up. But I, I for one, I felt his power. Mm -hmm. Like I felt like this man can command not only a room, but he can command the world and everyone should rightfully fear Tom Lockwood and what he's capable Mm -hmm. of. But Joe really did (laughs) not
1: No, I felt like he did a really good portrayal of showing how like calculating he was, but also like how, it's so easy for me. Mm-hmm. Like that's the that that's cut the vibe I got from him. He was just like, I am like eight steps ahead of you without even trying, dude. Why um, are you bothering? It was um it was very interesting.
2: And also okay. just to okay. kind of real think about like, he's trying to like meddle in like the mayor of London elections as like a wealthy American that mm-hmm. like shines a light on just like how much like wealthy people just play around in elections everywhere, like for fun, for power, for whatever. Um, And then like actual like implications happen, right? It's not just like, somebody's playground it's like actual policy and things are going to happen so i think that was like maybe something that they were trying to subtly highlight is like people can have so much power and just kind of like oh, i think i just want to like mess up with you know like the mayor of london elections
0: you know I mean, as why? as one does as one does you know why not One did when he ever one is say bored, why like
1: why is it why? just
0: because he was bored or just i think like, i think because what was his gain here i think because the running opponent posed a threat to reese oh, reese okay. altogether and if tom lockwood is not going to benefit from from this whole situation then like why is he going to even back it up oh my gosh nick and Claire. Yeah. <laughs> so they they revealed that yes they they finished part two just five minutes ago and amber's response of course was oh so it's all fresh and and Nick comes back with (laughs) fresher than joe's victims my goodness my goodness y'all are wild that's fantastic yeah so tom lockwood tom lockwood is is at this point a, a force to be reckoned with but because he has like a very i won't even say toxic relationship with kate there there's definite animosity between the two kate Clearly does not use the Lockwood name. She wanted nothing to do with her father after she later comes to find out that she was the one who made the decision about, I guess, poisoning the water supply that caused all these kids to fall ill with cancer. Mm-hmm. And she's always felt guilty about it. And I guess in lieu of that, her father tried to like make amends by creating all these charities, blah, blah, blah. But she ultimately wants nothing to do with the Lockwood name and the business, right? So because she gets upset with him, and I'm kind of like divulging from my my notes and getting ahead of myself, he does something to basically make her upset. And anytime anyone upsets a person of interest in Joe's life, he's going to step in, right? So- Tom Lockwood's not long for this world. <laughs> like, let's let's just nope. be real. Um, quick shout out to McDorks here, Christian of McDorks, appreciate you being here. Yes, Reese, <laughs> Reese is worthy of the drool face, but we're gonna talk about Reese momentarily hanging there. Um, with Tom Lockwood not being long for this world, Amber, what mm-hmm. did you make of the situation that Joe? And I'm just gonna say Joe. <laughs> joe comes up with um i don't i don't want to give too much away right off the top of the show but anyway
1: yeah it's hard not to bring it up i know i know um joe's mm -hmm. inner demons so um why does he just go into his one true profession of being an assassin like this (laughs) is his one true like This is his. This that that is his dream career. Let's be real, Um, because at this point there are um, two people who know about um, Joe's uh, bloody activities. Mm. So that being Reese and uh, Tom Lockwood. So which both of them charges him with killing the other.
0: Yeah and
1: um i'm just (laughs) i just that that was the only thing that went through my mind i was just like he just needs to become an assassin at this point that's just his that that is the the career for him he's very
2: skilled at it too i think in that uh britney that you're talking about i was like wow like i mean we know that he can kill people but that scene was like okay, like, you have some skills because he's up against, like, some formidable opponents that, you know, yeah. we might think are bigger and stronger than he is, but Joe's like, mm, nope. we uh, yeah, no watch for Joe at this point.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, before the Love, the, like, um Love's family was kind of, like, the biggest, I guess, opponents that, like, had such a big popular name, so they had constant eyes on him, but now that there's technically he's you know stalking reese reese i i don't know what to call proper reese whatever um reese prime um
0: <laughs> reese prime. <laughs> uh, that's probably the best um, way we're gonna have to refer it to yeah
1: okay i'm going with it um reese prime he's like following him and i mean he's running for mayor of london and so obviously there are thousands of people around him and eyes on him people have a schedule people have him on camera like he's being watched and then we have tom lockwood who we know is insanely well protected and well guarded like he even joe with his like uh, insane investigating skills couldn't like stalker his way into this guy's life like it is but He's like, these are high targets. And um yeah, it was impressive. Like, how how do you accidentally become
0: good at murder? <laughs> yeah. Practice. Practice. Yeah. <laughs> Practice. Jinx. Yeah. Uh, to answer a question from uh, Walking with the Woods, I was confused if Tom actually asked Joe to kill Reese. We never saw a f- true flashback for that scene like the rest. So that... Does pose a very good question. Um, It was one of those things where I I would want to talk about it when we start talking about Joe and Kate, because their storylines kind of coincide. Uh, Personally, and ladies, I'll, I'll come to you afterwards. Personally, it's very muddled to determine whether or not anything that actually happened is real truth outside of what Nadia encountered and the character that she's working with. And we'll, we'll come to that in a moment. However, it's, it's to me personally, it just seems very, very hard to determine whether or not Joe actually had any real encounters with certain characters based on what we've learned about him. Uh, Marcy, I'm going to turn to you. Do you think the encounter with, with Tom Lockwood was real? Did like, do you think he actually asked Joe if, he would go and kill Reese or not.
2: I I don't think it was all real. And I don't think like maybe like he had him do that because I think there would be like, yes, like murder is like a very like extreme thing, but all he had to do was ruin Reese and like that would get him out of the way, right? Like he would no longer be a threat. Um, So you could make the argument that like, why would you need to, kill Reese to just get him out of the way. However, later on, we also see that maybe like murder is not above Tom Lockwood's MO to get rid of a certain threat or a certain threat that somebody else has. So, um, it's hard to tell. Amber, what are your thoughts? Um, I
1: don't, I personally, am going to say, I don't think it's real. Um, because I think at this point, once, you know, Joe has already seen that it's Reese. I'm going to use air quotes here. Reese, um, was the, was the well, I'm trying to frame him and stuff like that. He obviously like, okay, this is a threat to me. This is a danger to me. I am going. So I think it was just his own way of trying to get him out of the way. Mm-hmm. He's just like, okay, um. I am currently, I'm feeling very trapped and like uh, by Reese to target Lockwood. And so, what better way to get rid of Lockwood than have a Reese? I mean, sorry, get rid of uh, Reese than have Lockwood also have me aim my sights at him too. So, it's just kind of like, I, I, I know it sounds so convoluted as you're saying it, but I think he's just was feeling very, very trapped and was like, hey, I'm just going to try and kill both of the obstacles in my way.
0: <laughs> no, I can, I can totally see that, just because of what's mm-hmm. later revealed about Joe. And once again, for those who are watching live and tuning in for the replay, we will cover it, but we want to get through a couple of other characters and side stories before we come to the top two, which are Kate and Joe. So we will come back to these topics shortly so once again the new character in part two is tom lockwood who is kate's father they have a very strained relationship it seems like they're getting along fairly well but then there are a couple events that occur that do affect other character storylines that tom kind of plays in and it just it doesn't pan out very well for tom ultimately He's not long for this world. Spoiler alert. Uh, real quick. I just want to cover blessing Sophie and rolled who are part of this Oxford mm-hmm. group. They really don't have much story when it comes down mm-hmm. to any of this season. I mean, we did see rolled have the encounter with Jonathan Moore out at Hampsey mm-hmm. Rolled suspects that he's the uh, Jonathan is the eat the rich killer and what have you. But ultimately after what occurred at hamsey Rold's kind of like oh sorry like <laughs> you're not the eat the rich killer <laughs> so he tells kate in the beginning of part two that you know he's leaving the country he's gonna go escape he's gonna go like away until this whole eat the rich killer story like fizzles out right so mm-hmm. we don't hear or see rolled for a period of time. Blessing and Sophie are just kind of like here and there. But again, they don't really have much going on mm-hmm. with their storylines. Like they're just they're less than secondary characters. Like I guess you could say they're tertiary like
1: characters. They're more um I feel like they are more comedic cushion characters. See, like I would just even there to go that far. Them. Like it's just yeah. I, but because they were barely even Yeah, I would say tertiary characters in the uh, first half, but in the second half, I feel like, especially with the whole, while they were high and rolled Mm and uh, Jonathan slash Joe was going through, like, the back and forth, I feel like every single time we saw them after that was just comical.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, it was just there to give us a chuckle.
0: I mean, I personally wouldn't give him even that much of a regard of kind of comic relief because I just I virtually don't feel they served any real purpose whatsoever. Now, Connie, Connie, who's also part of this Oxford group, had a little bit more story than the other characters I mentioned previously. Outside of just not having an alibi as to why he couldn't Mm -hmm. be the eat the rich killer because he you know he's high all the time he's Mm -hmm. got a drug problem he acknowledges it but the fact that like he goes to joe and like asks him for help
1: Mm -hmm. he's
0: like you know you helped out lady phoebe put a pin in that we're going to talk about that when we talked about talk about phoebe you know you help lady phoebe help me like say the words to me to help me overcome this this problem and so like in this act of desperation if you will marcy with connie reaching out to joe you know joe's already got his issues right he's he's got his issues with reese Mm -hmm. air air quote reese and connie kind of presents an opportunity when all of this was unfolding what were your thoughts on the interaction between the two i thought that
2: for some reason in part one they were making him like kind of very in the background so i thought maybe one of the twists was that for part two he was actually gonna like play a much larger role than he really does so when they started kind of incorporating him a little bit more i was like oh okay like maybe they are going to make him part of a larger storyline but um it was just funny like their whole first interaction when he's asking him for help and just telling him about all of his troubles, like, you really start to feel bad for the guy. You're like, well, you, like, you are, like, very, very pathetic, and you must be feeling very pathetic if you're going to go to Jonathan, who, like, you barely even know, like, you've been making fun of. Um, like, you mm-hmm. stooped that low. Okay, like, we feel for you. Um, but then I love how Joe kind of sees that as an opportunity to uh, be like, you know, maybe we can point suspicion away from me. Um, even though like maybe that doesn't entirely pan out. But I thought for a second there that Connie was going to play a much larger role than he really ended up
0: doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And there comes a point, uh, as previously mentioned, that there's an opportunity for Joe to maybe frame Connie for the Eat the Rich Rich Killer murders, right? Mm -hmm. And Joe is told by... Eric quote Reese to basically frame somebody else for let's say Simon's murder, because we still, we, we see that Simon's ear is still present. It's been frozen. (laughs) And in order to take the heat off, Joe, Joe's got to put the blame on somebody else. And that possibly is, is Connie. Did you think that that was something that Joe was actually going to follow through with? No, (laughs) <laughs> um, just, just flat out you no.
1: Know. <laughs> not for me. Um I think it was more just um I don't think I have compassion he pitied Connie. I just more think he was just like wow, you're kind of pathetic, dude. <laughs> like uh, and also, I mean he did try to kind of like reason away well like he'd get the help he needed. Like he he, he did try and then also like later on when once it is settled and he finds out that he did get a, a, the help that he needed. It's like, he's like, Oh, okay. Mm. <laughs> like he's just, yeah. I don't think he had as much conviction in it. I think it was more just, he had pressure outside.
0: For, sh- from for sure. I absolutely agree. But we'll, we'll kind of circle back to Connie uh, in, in a little bit. Let's talk about lady Phoebe and her person, Adam. <laughs> Quite honestly, and, and Marcy, I know I've seen you post memes about Lady Phoebe on your Facebook about how she's literally the most likable character in this season. I, I 100% agree. Just because yeah. I just I loved her. Actually, mm-hmm.
2: her
0: her storyline isn't completely well developed, but mm-hmm. for what we got, I think I I actually really enjoyed it. So. Lady Phoebe and Adam, they don't have the most stable of relationships. We clearly know and see and understand that Adam wants to marry Phoebe in order to have access to her money because he flat out told Joe, "I, I will never be without money." Like that there, there's just no possible way. But he's he's doing that knowing that Phoebe doesn't feel safe. Phoebe feels that she has someone who's always watching her stalking her what have you and so there's like this event of kate's it's a charity event where everyone of course is invited and phoebe is told by a waitress who kind of kind of you kind of think she's posing as a cop that hey i need to take you to this to a safe room right well this woman we recognize Mm -hmm. because she's the same woman that we've seen as a photog outside of simon's funeral outside of sundry house what have you her name is dawn okay and marcy when we talk about dawn Mm -hmm. and phoebe's relationship i say Mm -hmm. that with air quotes did you feel at all that this was maybe just something pulled from left field and just kind of rushed like tell kind of explain who dawn is what's happening with her and Phoebe.
2: Yeah. So Dawn is a huge Lady Phoebe fangirl. Apparently she follows her on Instagram. She knows all about her. Um, She thinks they're BFFs in her head. She doesn't understand that it's only in her head and it's not in real life. So um, again, she's posing as a waitress at this event. Um, and then escorts lady Phoebe. She's like, Hey, the police really need to talk to you. We have to go to the safe room, which is like, okay, that's a little bit weird, but okay. Like Phoebe complies. Um, she's taken up to this room where Don explains like, Hey, yes, you haven't been safe, but like, I'm your biggest fan. Like we are BFFs. I'm going to protect you. Like you have to stay here and stay safe. So Um, I'm going to put this extra like deadbolt lock on the door to keep you extra safe, which, of course, Phoebe is not feeling safe at all. She's feeling very, very paranoid because she was already feeling like she was being followed and somebody was stalking her. So obviously she was right, even though Adam kind of tried to make her feel like, no, you're kind of going a little bit insane. Um, Mm -hmm. So.
0: Yeah. Real supportive. That one is. Exactly.
2: Right. Like. Even after like their friends have been murdered, he's like, oh, like mm, you're, you're going to be fine. <laughs> so obviously she's panicking. Luckily, Nadia had seen John escort her away and let Joe know or Jonathan. Um, so, you know, they are aware that Phoebe's missing. He eventually gains access to the room by first posing as maintenance man. And then obviously Phoebe tells him that he's, she's in there. Um, but I felt very bad for Dawn, again, like just kind of making up this whole relationship in her head. Um, but apparently, it's actually a real thing that can happen to people. So that's kind of a little yeah. bit scary. But yeah, I do think it might have just come out of left field. Maybe it was something for us to kind of to throw us off a little bit. Um, but then, obviously it just kind of pays off a little bit later since it's kind of related to one of the twists that we see later on.
0: I agree. Amber, because I want you to talk a little bit more about the condition that is more or less determined uh, for Dawn. I say it's a bit rushed because you don't have time to really digest it and to really understand what the condition is and how the, sh- the writers led up to this moment. Like with Dawn the first time we saw her, we saw her focusing more on what appears to be Joe, Not so much <laughs> Phoebe, but this this woman's like a mega super fan of Phoebe's, yeah. right? She says things like, oh we're soul sisters. Like she reveals a tattoo <laughs> on her forearm that says <laughs> soul sister, right? It's, it's a, a very extreme way of perceiving a relationship with another person so um and i want you to talk just just a little bit on the condition because we will yes. see it kind of play again later on with a different character um but i know you feel strongly about this sort of kind of vindicated uh theory so um yes. tell us what the condition is that dawn has and how this kind of plays out for dawn in her relationship with phoebe so, what
1: Don has is um, a rotomania. It is um, kind of where it's a... It's where you see, you think you know someone. You think, you, especially, that happens a lot with famous people. Um, like, in this exact situation, she bonded with her. And it wasn't just like that I was a fan of her. It's no, I relate to that person like we have this 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 in common and it's it's fine to have things in common with people you admire but a rotomania is obsession about that to where you fabricate and connect dots that are not there like she actually not, um when you mentioned that tattoo she invented in her mind that phoebe had a matching tattoo of that so she even, like, brought out uh, Phoebe, Phoebe's arm and was like, what happened to yours? Did it heal over? Oh, like, we can fix that. Like, she, because she fabricated that. That wasn't real. And then same thing with, um, I don't remember where it was, but Phoebe posted a sunset, a sunrise, and she's like, I know you were thinking of me. Mm-hmm. Like, no famous person with, like, a billion followers is targeting one specific person. Mm-hmm. Like... It's just, I mean,
0: if they are, damn.
1: <laughs> yeah, lucky you. Um, exactly. But no, it's um, it's very, very interesting, and I thought it was a good way for them to, I guess, um, introduce aerotomania for later on, but, mm-hmm. um, I, and show kind of like what it can do mentally, because mm-hmm. what. Don fabricates and um, in her mind is and it presents itself differently than it does in um, later on with Joe. So yeah, it presents itself very differently, and that's because Joe has another another underlying issue that I will <laughs> love to talk about in a minute. We're talking <laughs> about Don. Yeah. Um. So I thought it was very very interesting, but I I did feel like it was rushed. I genuinely. For a while I thought it came out of nowhere for a second just because of I thought she had something to do with the Lockwoods. Mm. Like I thought that that's why she was so fixated on Joe.
0: Yeah.
1: But then you know this happened and I'm like, "Oh, okay."
0: <laughs> i can under i can understand that theory about being involved with the lockwood just because of how much information was revealed by tom to joe but then i i i think i heard or read theories of people who believe that she was affiliated with the quinn family you know we yeah. we saw that that private investigator um i can't remember uh what his title was referred to. But anyway, how he was tracking Joe, obviously when he first found Marian in, in London and, and what have you. I, I think we all kind of felt that Dawn was more fixated on Joe than she was on Phoebe. For me, there wasn't enough like breathing room to mm-hmm. make you see and understand oh she was really there because of phoebe not because yeah. of joe like there yeah. was different inst- i mean and, and it's kind of hard to say because the time that we did see dawn it's because joe and phoebe were in close proximity so mm-hmm. but you're made to in my opinion you're made to believe that she's only fixated on joe to me and i can i can almost relate everything back to season eight of game of thrones there just wasn't enough breathing room, like to make you flesh out a storyline and believe it and and really say, you know what? I get it. I get the understanding of introducing this condition because before this episode, I never heard of the condition at all. Like, truth be told, I, I yeah, I don't know enough about mental health illnesses to say like I'm an expert and I never will. But this was something for me that I was like, oh okay, like that's a thing. (laughs) people Mm -hmm. do suffer from it, apparently, very deeply. And I just, I didn't make the connection of, or I just felt it was just too rushed to make the connection to that Mm -hmm. of Joe's character. Again, it's one of these parts, and one of these elements in part two that I felt like it wasn't completely ironed out. You know what I'm saying? Like, had it been introduced in maybe part one, And kind of fleshed out a little bit more. I think I would have believed it a little bit more. Not felt it was so rushed. Right. Yeah. So Dawn, uh, because of of this kidnapping, Phoebe obviously feels very threatened. Joe is witnessing like the fear that's on Phoebe's face and what have you. He decides in that moment that he's not going to put the blame on Connie as previously thought. He's going to instead put the blame on Dawn because she's got this backpack that has like all these supplies and things like that. Mm -hmm. And easy scapegoat. Yeah. Easy scapegoat. When police come in, try to, you know, take control of the situation. They see that, Oh, look, there's Simon Sue's ear. Mm -hmm. So Dawn, while she does truly have a mental illness, she is wrongfully blamed as the, the rich killer. So, but all of this set aside, Phoebe is now in a very fragile situation state of mind yeah. and adam being the shit partner that he is he's like i don't even see this i'm gonna propose because <laughs> that is what i need to do in order to survive and phoebe like i love her for this moment for rejecting him because no. she was told by Don that he adam is basically just going to make her penniless mm-hmm. and doesn't want her for the same reasons that Phoebe wants him. And because of the rejection, what have you, she's kind of going through, like, I guess you could say a psychological breakdown and mm-hmm. it's just paranoid. She's fired her staff. She is moving in with Kate basically. And Kate's like, you need professional help. Like mm-hmm. I want to help you get that help. Well, and then she's Adam, and she's self-medicating. Exactly. That, that is a very important Part to to state because then Adam swoops in saying like, oh, like, I just I realized what I lost when I lost you and like nothing else matters but you. I will take you to to rehab or whatever. Well, no, he doesn't because he's a shithead. He instead takes her to like a bar, probably sundry house and says, we're engaged like because that's the thing to do. Like, were either one of y'all shocked when he swooped in to say, like, I'm going to help take care of her. I'm going to take her to rehab. But then really he has ulterior motives. Were were either one of y'all shocked, Amber, when Um, when he did this?
1: (laughs) I wasn't shocked that he did it. I was just shocked at how easy Phoebe and, like, I guess Kate let it happen. I know, like, she did put a little bit of resistance on it. But, you know, the moment that Phoebe's just like, just let him do it. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: like she's just like okay fine like i felt like that was a little bit too much um but that also might just be me if i had a friend who was clearly self-medicating to a dangerous level and was not doing well we have had friends around us like just dying like flies like i would be more concerned especially with something with that situation, I'd be like, no, come back when both of you were sober. Yeah. Like I, I felt like I would have done a little bit more. So I wasn't really surprised about him. Surprised about the ease of it.
0: I agree. And, and mm-hmm. to keep this story going, uh, Marcy with Adam's plans to <laughs> use Phoebe's money to expand. Sundry house. And, and not only that, they're going to hold a gate an engagement party at sundry house shocker it's not an engagement party ah uh, no it's a wedding kind of walk us through uh what happens there kate and joe and and even phoebe phoebe has some reservations about what she's about to do
2: yeah you can really tell that she's not really a hundred percent invested in this but maybe because adam says it's the best thing to do or she just really need something to hold on to at this point. Again, she's self-medicating. She's clearly going through a lot. Um, you know, Kate is like, I really need to find Phoebe. Like, you know, I really need to help her. I don't know what Adam is doing. It can't be good. Probably brainwashing her. So, um, Jonathan or Joe gives her the idea to be like, well, she never wears the same thing twice. So like what's she probably doing right now? And then, um, you know, Kate deduces that she's probably like shopping. She's probably getting a new dress. So she finds her there. They start talking. You get the feeling that maybe Phoebe's actually going to start listening. And, you know, Kate's like, may like, let's take you away. Like we had originally planned. Then you can come back and like get engaged and be married and all of that jazz. Um, but then Phoebe springs a surprise. It's like, Nope, this is actually going to be a wedding, not an engagement party. This is probably going to be my wedding dress. So again, we don't see that much of a fight from Kate. Like we like might expect. And again, like if we had friends that were in that situation might put up more of a fight, um, you know, but then she's like, okay, fine, if you're gonna do this, like at least like sign a prenup, like be smart about it. Um, which again, like that advice goes completely out the window when Adam strolls up and is like, Hey like you're upsetting her what did you say to her did you notice that every time you come around phoebe gets upset which is like a terrible terrible thing to say but very in character for adam to just kind of be that dick that like says total that. gaslight exactly total.
1: big red flag and it's definitely a, t- a thing that abusers use to yeah. like and narcissists use to yeah. kind of like oh, make yeah. their um person stay
2: yeah, absolutely. Make everybody else the enemy. It's like, no, like you shouldn't listen to Kate Phoebe. Like maybe this is why you're so sad. So damn it. Adam shows up again. <laughs> and like, you know, we
0: pretty much Fuck this guy,
2: <laughs> exactly. Like, ugh. so like, it's pretty much going to be a done deal. We know that, right? Like, okay, they're probably going to get married now that Kate hasn't been able to get through to Phoebe. So Um, I didn't love this part because, again, it's like a woman that's clearly, clearly struggling with mental health issues Mm -hmm. and then like seeing somebody take advantage of that and that somebody who is supposed to love her and who is supposed to be protecting her is the person that is making her mental health issues worse um, and then being really opportunistic and being like, okay, like, what can I get out of this? Mm -hmm. You know, her whole mental health crisis.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. Adam definitely is. Like the predator in all of this, taking advantage of Phoebe and her fragile state of mind, knowing that he cannot or will not ever be without money, and the only way he knows to secure financial stability is to marry her. And so despite all efforts of Kate and Joe at the engagement slash wedding party, it they get kicked out. And the wedding happens regardless, but then you see like a change in Phoebe, like she, the moment that they mm-hmm. kissed at the altar, like she's just like, I don't know if it's a regret or the, the second guess kind of thing, but Adam's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, look at me. I'm married. And she leaves, she leaves, but we later find mm-hmm. out that she is wandering the streets and pe- like she's been admitted somewhere. Mm -hmm. And this is where we kind of come back to Tom Lockwood because Kate reveals to her father that, you know, what's happened with her friend. Well, without actually saying to her father, I need you to get involved. Tom Lockwood gets involved. (laughs) And as you do, obviously. Well, while Phoebe's getting her professional help long overdue, Adam is hanging out with the dominatrix. (laughs) As you do. You know you're a married man the next thing you do you're gonna hang out with a dominatrix right i have to celebrate the wedding by sure with another woman <laughs> sure i mean not?
2: they he she did say
1: that she loves all of his pansexualness but okay. like uh, <laughs> okay you're not well, even concerned that your brand spanking new wife is admitted you're over yeah. here just not even gonna visit her
0: just L- listen adam has needs too Apparently, <laughs> because he get he does get seemingly excited when two, two, I think it was two, two. Uh, men who walked in mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, like, you know, are we <laughs> redoing this? And, and they start pulling out weapons and it's like, OK, like this is a little bit too much. So come her. to find out, come <laughs> to find out that these people were hired by none other than Tom Lockwood. And the newspaper headline the next day is that. Adam's been killed. Did anyone shed a tear for Adam, like just out of sheer curiosity? No, <laughs> anyone at all. Okay,
2: no, but I, I wasn't did have a thing that. No,
1: um, I was <laughs> the second that they started taking out weapons. I was just like, "Oh, finally, <laughs> thanks." Um, <laughs> I just wasn't. I just felt bad for Phoebe, because she was going to find Luso? out, and that's that. That was it. That's the only emotion I had was just sadness for. Phoebe.
0: Marcy, did you feel the same about Adam Adam's death as you did about Gemma? Because, like, for me, Gemma was mm. like, thank God.
2: <laughs> not, yeah, maybe not so much. Or maybe it was on a different level. But I wasn't expecting it to, like, go to murder. But I was like, okay, like, I'm not upset by this. But Adam really, like, played the fuck around and find out, find out game. And, like, it ended badly for him. So... He probably yes. should have just, like, stayed getting golden showers from bus boys instead of trying to introduce some um, assassin dominatrix.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, man's got some kinks, though. Um, uh, not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. But it doesn't all end bad for Phoebe. Not at all. She actually is probably the only person in this, in this season who came out with a happy ending. I say that yeah. very light, <laughs> lightly because I think the jury's still out for the two main characters. But uh, that's, that's hopefully one more season to come, in my opinion. Uh, Phoebe, you know, getting out of rehab or wherever she is, realizes she, there's nothing left for her in London. She doesn't want to be Lady Phoebe anymore. She goes to Thailand. She goes to Thailand and she's going to be an English teacher to children. And good for her, hopefully lives a happily ever after life. So, yay for Phoebe! Like, she looks for- like she was
1: having a blast, and she did. I love that for her. Good for her,
2: me too. Yeah,
0: yeah, I, I definitely think that in terms of not really developing someone's character or character story, because we never found out what Joe said to her, like, why dangle that and never follow through with it we're never gonna know we're never gonna know like that drives me in fucking sane me too but why (laughs) why anyway moving on maybe it's
1: just to be a joke it's just because i mean (laughs) connie mentioned it later and then like they and it was a little bit of a running gag with joe just being like what the fuck did i say
2: (laughs) it was a little bit of a joke or maybe he didn't even say anything because I think they were all like pretty drunk and high that night. So maybe like he did actually didn't say anything and he really didn't remember because it was nothing of substance. But maybe like she thought it was something of substance and it kind of changed her life.
0: Or yeah, maybe it was, who knows? Or, may, or maybe it was Reese. Airplane.
2: Oh yeah, <laughs> like, I feel like Reese would have said something.
0: Well, we never found out. We'll 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 come back to to Reese Joe and like Reese. We'll come back to Joe and Reese momentarily. Let's talk about Nadia. Um, with Nadia, we're going to talk a little bit about her, then talking about another character, and then kind of talk about them at the same time. Uh, Nadia, who at this point she's now dating Edward, her classmate that you see, they kind of bicker. They're at that same charity party where Phoebe is kidnapped, and it's at after that moment that Nadia kind of starts suspecting professor her professor jonathan moore right mm-hmm. and catches him in a lie about not having read her, any of her pages right which as you do leads you to go break into your professor's flat to snoop
2: yeah don't you i i,
0: I plead <laughs> i plead the fifth What the- <laughs> yeah logical next Duh. step well she 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 you know Copies a key in order to get into his flat but then she finds a different key she finds a different key that's hollowed out in a very appropriate titled book dr jekyll mm-hmm. and mr hyde now on the nose a little on the nose I, a little on the nose, little on the nose now listen for me I got super excited when I saw this key because I knew exactly what it meant. Uh, Amber, I'm, I'm going to ask you, did you have any inclination what this key was meant for?
1: Um, I'm just like very nitpicky, especially about books. So I actually mm-hmm. paused it to read the cover. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: as, as you would.
1: Yeah. And so the second I saw that... Um, And as I will discuss later, once we actually get into that condition, I am really fighting to hold myself back if you can't tell. Um, I have done so, I've written essays and things like that about um, how a certain condition is presented in the media Mm -hmm. and movies and films and shows and books. Like that is a hyper fixation of mine. I, so the second that I saw the title, I was just like, oh, okay, I'm not going to get my hopes up, though, because I got my hopes up before and then they were shattered. So I was like, don't hold your breath, but you can mm-hmm. have that little nugget. Um Yeah, the second that it was revealed, it was a key inside of it. I was just like, okay, something else is here. And I just started getting more and more excited. It just kept building. And um <laughs> sweet vindication yes
0: yes and and i'm going to turn it over to marcy because the moment i was watching this scene unfold i messaged you and i'm like is it sad that i'm more excited for this (laughs) than for the person tell us what that item I'm, i'm talking about marcy because it's a big reveal it's a big reveal i didn't anticipate this to actually happen i didn't either
2: Um, to be honest with you, I'd kind of forgotten about it. (laughs) (laughs) We hadn't seen it for this whole season. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and Joe kind of told us before he's like, there's always a box. I'm like,
0: there's always a "A box. box.
2: So, um, we see Nadia discover the box. She is very good at like her sleuthing skills on like, She's definitely, like, great at, like, this whole detective work, Agatha Christie. Like, she's read all these mystery novels. She has done her homework. So eventually she pieces together, like, this key might go to somewhere, but it's not somewhere in here. It's got to be outside of the apartment. So she pieces a lot of the clues together that um, Spencer is her boyfriend's name. Edward. Edward, oh, sorry. Um, So he had uh, gotten some pictures from Dawn's flat that the police had taken, um, where it's just pictures of Jonathan everywhere. Like he had been stalked. So she kind of puts two and two together of like, okay, this is like the general area of where it could have been. Um, She kind of goes on a little fact-finding mission, kind of goes down. I guess it's like this below level area basement basement Basement. yeah thank you um and she sees a big clear box with marianne inside so that's when we're like oh not only is the box back she's back and i was like yes i was right she didn't go to paris joe had something to do with it so Mm. again like amber i was like vindication yes but yeah. Holy shit, that was a big reveal that we got at that part.
1: Yeah, I was very happy about it. Like, I, what does that say about us three that we're literally what? clapping seeing a woman in a cage? Um, no, no, no. I,
0: I, okay, for my own clarification and my own, like, yes. I'm not excited to see a Please woman. Please give caged. us an ba-
1: alibi. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was
0: not excited to see a woman caged in this clear cage. I was excited to see the cage altogether because you don't have a Joel, Joe Goldberg without his clear cage that we've seen in all previous seasons. Like it just doesn't make sense. So I, I messaged Marcy the moment (laughs) I saw the scene, which was the end of episode seven, I believe I was like, is it sad to say I'm more excited to see the cage than I am to see who was inside of it and that was marianne right I'll and you like... texted
1: me that too like <laughs> you told me that you said yeah. that no marcy yeah. yeah as i was watching it I was texting <laughs> because i was because i i um yeah i remember being like i knew it yeah so it was
0: great. i'm i'm excited about the cage am not excited about the person excited about the cage so really quickly i'm just going to kind of give a quick you know, what Marcy has, Marcy, just kidding, Marianne, sorry, sorry, Marcy, not you, never you, knock on wood. Um, A quick update about Marianne, because we believed, according to Joe in part one, that he watched her get on the train to go back to Paris so that she could go back to Juliet, her daughter, right? It's not what happened at all, apparently. Apparently, according to Marianne, she was drugged before she got onto the train and Joe kidnapped her, took her to a house where she woke up, but he's not himself. Like he's so fixated on listening to this audiobook or like watching interviews. And it's that of Reese Monroe. Right. And she can't get his attention. Like she just, she just cannot hold his attention whatsoever. This is someone whom Joe says is basically the love of his life, right? Like he kidnapped her because he feels some type of way for her, but yet he's so fixated on someone else entirely. Well, she knew in order to stay alive, she needed to play the game, right? Eventually he takes her from the house that she was in to the cage. And you could just see his demeanor was completely different. Like he even says to her at one point, Joe's not here. Like, he'll come back when the other one is through with him or something along those lines, right? You, you just knew he was battling something from within. He would visit periodically to bring her food. Now the food is the Indian food from across the way, which is that same red bag that we always see him with, which was part of the photos that Marcy was talking about that Don had. And eventually he just stopped coming altogether, right? Which left Marianne, one, she had a broken arm. Because she tried to fight off Joe. She broke yeah. her arm. He did not properly set, reset it or anything like he that. He did nothing. He did nothing. He absolutely did nothing she for the to person that he loved. She had to do it herself. But when she's, you know, getting her food or whatever, she sees that there's painkillers in the little box that, you know, they transfer food, you know, in and out. Well, we know that Marion has had an opioid problem, right? Mm-hmm. And for her, it's like, oh, no, I'm not going to fall back. So she has like these kind of, I won't say halluc- hallucinations, but like she talks, quote unquote, with her daughter, and mm-hmm. in, in the form of like telling a story about the nightingale and the fox and like things like that nature, mm-hmm. right? And Juliet's like her saving grace, you know, trying to mm-hmm. encourage her, and Marian is left to like ration her food and water, just until when and if Joe returns. Well, then after all of that it's Nadia who finds Marianne in the Mm -hmm. cage. And she's just like, we got to get you out. We got to figure out Mm -hmm. like what to do. Marianne is warning Nadia about who Joe really is and what he would do if Nadia were to be discovered. Right. Mm -hmm. So they come up with a plan, right? The plan is to kill Joe. As you do, (laughs) obviously. Right. As you do. Um, and, and I'm just going to kind of go through it. So y'all fill in if I'm, if I'm missing some key elements. I just want
1: to fill in and say that that whole sequence of her telling the story of what happened mm-hmm. and the going back and forth between what's actually happening in the cage and then, like, her talking to her daughter. Beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely gorgeous. My God. The yeah. song, the Halsey song that the they
0: chose. The song that went and along with it. Was-
1: Perfect. Because I like that song in general. So when I yeah. I heard I was like, this is great. Um I it was beautiful, amazing, loved yeah. it.
0: Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree. Like the the montage of just her like day to day hour, basically hour by hour in the cage when she knew he wasn't coming back and like she's having to ration her food and trying to pass the time by making paper cranes out of the bags and whatever. It was just it was intense like it was intense uh but like i said when nadia comes into the picture and she you know she herself discovers who joe really is you know they make that plan and initially it's like okay i'm gonna go get ketamine we're gonna drug joe i'm gonna get you a knife and you're gonna stab joe to death and make your great escape all the while they don't know the key key code to get her out of the cage right well it seems that that plan's not going to follow through Marianne decides that all is lost because when Joe finally does come back, he's texting the babysitter, air quote, and finds out that Juliet's grandmother from the father's side is taking custody because Marianne hadn't been in touch. They thought she fell off the the wagon again. And Marianne has now overdosed. And Joe's like, what have I done? Like, what have I done juliet is without her mother but you know what the only convincing way to make this legit is to take her her lifeless body and put her on a park bench and make it seem like she's a junkie that overdosed okay plausible
1: but then plan so, b like, co- it's like the laziest cover-up that he's ever done
0: yeah yeah but then like plan b kind of comes into base because what actually happened was that there were beta blockers that, not uh sorry, Marianne took to slow down her heart rate, right, to make it seem as if she she passed, and Nadia injects her with, I don't know, something to basically just say like it, to wake her up, you know, she Probably has an adrenaline, yeah, something like that. Like she mm-hmm. she actually has an OD or anything like that is to wake her up, and then Marianne gets to go back to Paris without any problems yeah like, so I wanted- that is
1: one amazing fail safe because that was the yeah. fail safe that
2: mm-hmm. was just
1: in case i don't make it here in the morning like mm-hmm. that is a brilliant fail safe
0: and i wanted to ask both of y'all I- i'm gonna start with marcy did you think we needed to have marion come back at all for part two
2: that's a good question i think later on and kind of like the twist that happens i think it was important for her to come back and just kind of figure into the equation of what's really going on with joe or um jonathan um at first i was like oh like they should just kind of let her like be living her life um but no i think it was important for her to come back and for Joe to see that and how much he thinks he cares about her or how much he thinks he's in love with her um, could, because then we see that not everything is as it seems with Joe and maybe not everything is as Joe thinks it is.
0: Amber, what are your thoughts about Marion coming back for part two?
1: Um, I do also agree that I think it was kind of needed, but I also think it was needed for, when the big reveal of what's going on with joe for joe to realize what's happening he's like Mm. i am so far gone that i completely fabricated what actually happened versus what really happened in reality because he completely made that up he the Mm -hmm. reason that he hasn't been there like he completely made that up and yeah he's like oh yeah i was in love with the I, i was so so in love with her i Across the country to, i faked my own death like I, I did so much just to be with her and i let her go and haven't even really thought about her since and it just kind of like i feel like it was more of um you know cold bucket of water for joe mm-hmm. of, about the severity of the situation he's in
2: and maybe um now that we know what actually happened, maybe that whole private investigator sent by Love's family was also a fabrication of Joe's mind because he was only there to be like, oh, like, I'm not going to kill you, but you have to kill Marianne. So, like, maybe Mm -hmm. he just completely made up that guy too and was like, oh, you know, like, this happened when it maybe didn't even really happen. That that
1: is a great point. The weird ass house apartment place that, that he had Marianne in before that was not his, the place he's in now. So like yeah. where, like there is some time where that could mm-hmm. have been completely fabricated before he settled himself in as a professor and faked this mm-hmm. whole I- new yeah. identity as Jonathan. Like there is time for that to have happened.
0: Yeah, It, it definitely brings to light, Everything that both of y'all just pointed out, I hadn't actually considered about at this point, what is real and what isn't, Mm
2: -hmm. especially
0: when it came to the private investigator Mm -hmm. that the Quinn family hired, who said to him, like, I'm just tired. Like, I'm just tired of doing this type of job. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to, I don't Mm -hmm. want to kill. And that kind of personifies like, or projects like what Joe, I say Joe specifically, Mm -hmm. Not his alter ego, if you will, is is saying. Um, but let's go ahead and dive right into it. We'll come back to Nadia because there's there's a big reveal with Nadia and Joe later, uh, later on. And I know Marcy feels some type of way about it. Um, but let's go ahead and talk about Joe and Kate, the big characters in in this whole season, of course. But with Joe, there's this big reveal that, sorry, you can hear Luna in the background that. Even though he was being blackmailed, if you will, by Air Quote Reese, that if he didn't frame another person, that Reese was going to come back on Joe and say, like, I'm going to put everything on you. Right. Well, because of the threat of Reese and whatever info, you know, he has on Tom Lockwood, Tom Lockwood said to Joe, like, Hey, I need you to go find out what, what, Reese has on me, you know, Reese is, is, uh, Reese is a complex character at this point, it seems, (laughs) but there's information that's passed on to Joe that, that, Hey, uh, Reese went home to his ex-wife or something like that in, in this kind of hiding out and Joe, you know, you should go over there and, and go talk to him. And that doesn't go over very well. Yep. Not for, how did you put it, Amber? Reese Prime. Reese, Reese Prime? Prime? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and now looking back on it, because I remember even messaging Marcy after I watched this episode, I'm like, oh, this makes a whole lot of sense because you do see Reese and Joe in one encounter in the beginning of the episode mm-hmm. where it's kind of like a public mm-hmm. speech. And they look at one another like they it's actual eye to eye contact between Mm -hmm. Reese and Mm -hmm. Joe, but nothing seems to have passed between them. It's kind of like as if, okay, I'm going to play a different person in public. But when I'm in private with you, Joe, I'm a completely different person. I'm the asshole murderer that, you know. But then at the very end of that episode, when Joe does come to the house and Reese opens up the door, mind you, no cameras, no other people. Reese is kind of like do I know you Mm -hmm. and Joe's kind of like that's funny like really you're gonna you're really gonna do this now closes the door and and Joe asserts himself uh takes him to the barn (laughs) where (laughs) Reese is just he's only got a button-up shirt on and the way that Joe tortures him like Putting what is it a zip tie or some some yep. kind of something or other around his you know you know what to torture him to get information about Marianne because Reese had come to his home previously to say like we have Marianne like I have Marianne locked up right mm-hmm. sorry about Luna and and Joe's like where is she where it starts choking him Sh- starts choking Prime Re- Reese Prime kills him <laughs> yep. And then you see Reese pop up right next to him <clears throat> in, in, like, a men in black suit. And I'm like, "Yeah, there's a twin? That was the first <laughs> thought I had. I'm like, oh my god, he's a twin. He killed the wrong twin. And and then it was like, <gasps> <gasps> it's, it's a hallucination. Reese <laughs> is, like, in his head. Mm-hmm. And so my, my initial question to Marcy was, like, how the fuck did Reddit users, like, Figure this shit out. (laughs) I'm like, where did... It's technically not accurate, okay? Because Reese is not a figment of Joe's imagination. Reese is a real person, Mm -hmm. as we witnessed the murder Mm -hmm. of. But the erotomania, is how do you pronounce it? Erotomania, yeah. Erotomania is something that Joe has. And he was so fixated on Reese (laughs) that he morphed into his own mind. Amber, <laughs> um, I'm going to let you take it away because I know you've been dying to talk about this. Yes, I am like
1: vibrating uh, <laughs> with excitement over here. Um, so the thing, the very specific thing that I have such a keen interest in in media is dissociative identity disorder. And um, I, I love it in media. I, um, I have done take many psychology classes and every single time we actually have to do uh, like a project I always do it on dissociative identity in the media because media portrays it very wrong most of the time but um common examples are uh, Moon Knight I like Moon Knight um actually a lot of um, I've Knight. seen Great I've show. seen several people who actually do have dissociative identity disorder say that Moon Knight did good Mm. representation in some and a a lot of the aspects not all of course nothing's perfect but um i've I've seen people mostly being um having a positive view of moon knight while then there's things like fight club um fight club gets a lot wrong i do i do enjoy the movie in general i mean we we, we don't
0: we don't talk about fight club though
1: no (laughs) i gotta (laughs) um but there's also, um, there's, there's a whole slew of, um, of media that has um, this specific. Um, what is the other one? Um, split.
0: split. Oh, yes. The um, James McAvoy movie.
1: Yeah. Um, like the movie as a, in general, loosely. Mm. But it was very, very not great way of portraying
0: this disorder. <laughs> Right. It kind of seems um, like every personality had like their own name, their mm-hmm. own sort of speech which pattern. They, they can. Yeah,
1: that's that that is common. That can mm. that that is pretty normal. Okay.
0: Um,
1: that is normal. What I didn't like is that they made it more of a supernatural power. Mm. Which, like, uh, in Jekyll and Hyde, he did. Um, doctor. Uh, his was not born naturally like a a dissociative identity disorder forms from trauma, Mm. specifically trauma in the childhood. It's because before your personality um, fully develops, it's kind of um, a traumatic event will occur. And instead of basically being one huge personality, you're kind of just little pockets. Mm. And the reason that this develops is because usually the, um, It'll uh, they they form to protect mm-hmm. the body, so especially with childhood trauma like you know Joe experienced
0: mm-hmm. trauma
1: um, and I feel like Reese became this so um what happened in like in the in Jekyll and Hyde like that was referenced earlier. Um, That's the book that he keeps the key, the the fake book that is the key, Hyde's -hmm. the key. Uh, Dr. Jekyll creates a potion, um, an elixir, a something, a chemical that um, splits his personalities into good and evil. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, that's not really how it's done, (laughs) but um, Hyde did a lot of murder, And horrible actions and killing but he did all of that on the base drives from Jekyll Mm. so like Jekyll was a guy engaged to a a high society woman he can't go off and just uh, bang a hooker on the street so (laughs) that's what Hyde does oh boy Um, somebody says uh, denies Jekyll Funding for his experiments or something like that, and he'll just go and kill him. Like right. (laughs) Hyde that, yeah.
0: So quickly to kind of relate this to that of Joe Mm -hmm. with this kind of Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde personality, is that he for one, it's determined that he has always been the eat the rich killer, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Reese is the deepest part of his killer instinct right the, yes. the deepest demon that's within him right and mm-hmm. so the he 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 joe managed to kill simon one because he was exploiting young artists mm-hmm. right yes. he killed malcolm because malcolm was making fun of marianne calling her a whore and leaving joe mm-hmm. what have you right and he killed gemma because she was on to him Chicago. about mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. Killings only began once he started hanging out with them. So he did what you know, Joe, or maybe, maybe it is Joe. Maybe the persona is Jonathan. But you know what I'm saying? Like the the real Joe inside yeah. him that's kind of personified as Reese in the in the black suit came out to do because the outer shell would mm-hmm. not actually follow through with it. Yeah. Right. And
1: I think um going off of the DID, I think a lot of it. We saw it pieced together because obviously his childhood and his past and things like that. And I said it in the first when we covered episode one and two, when um, Marcia, when you first said that this was a theory Mm -hmm. um, that he already shows dissociative behavior by even just his internal narration is always displacing his actions, his thoughts and his behaviors um, on the that season's you. Yeah. I'm doing this for you. I did that for you. I mm-hmm. said that for you. I'm do- like, everything is displaced, which is the kind of term for dissociation. Um, it's disconnecting that. And it's to protect yourself and your mind. So I think that his personality did split. Um, the He did have dissociative identity disorder. So his dissociated side, I think um, it's usually described as like, memory loss which we know he has um, gaps in time things like that a uh, fugue state which is just kind of which I think is what he was very much in when he with Marion mm-hmm. um, just and, sitting and- there zoning out for yeah hours days who knows that's right. a fugue state and while he was doing that he was listening to the audiobooks, of the, Reece, the real reese <laughs> reese prime and mm-hmm. um there are cases of did where people where alters um that's kind of the term alters will uh see themselves as somebody different like it's just, it, it's so hard to explain um mm-hmm. so him latching on to a specific person that has happened i've seen um ones who alters have believed that they were Jesus Christ. Mm. Oh, um, interesting. Yes. Uh, other ones I've seen um, articles where altars were, um, I can't remember what animal, but there was an animal because yeah. as a child, they're like, okay, this is a scary, fearsome animal. That's going to protect me.
2: Oh. And
1: I am going to be like this scary, like, uh, so the pers- that personality will form because I'm going to be this terrifying monster to protect, the body. Mm-hmm. I see. And so it's not surprising um, that he, <laughs> while he was in a fugue state, he and developing this um, dissociation and mm-hmm. forming this. And as he's listening to an audiobook about a person, of course, he's going to latch on to somebody who had the same childhood background yeah. as him. So, so it is okay. a personality, but this <laughs> personality is Reese.
0: Right. And so, Marcy, I'm going to come to you next, um, learning all that we've just learned about uh, DID and Joe very much relating to that of Reese's autobiography. Although Tom Lockwood suggests it's embellished to some degree, Mm -hmm. right? That's kind of the reason for Tom Lockwood being involved so heavily Mm -hmm. with the mayoral uh, Mm -hmm. candidacy because he wants to out Reese and thus use joe for his you know dirty work what have you right because he's got leverage on on joe altogether yeah. right and so i i first said that when i you know caught the ending of, of this episode that i said to you i'll like oh it, it, like it makes sense about how how Reese acted differently in public to Joe versus the Reese that we see in private with Joe. It's like, it would seem like they're two different Reese's like maybe twins. Did you Mm -hmm. at all think that maybe it was twins or did you also believe the theory that maybe he had a, a, a split personality and that was embodying or Reese was embodying that, that second personality.
2: I always had that theory, like in the back of my mind. So like when in this episode, again, at first, when, Reese and Jonathan are just kind of making eye contact after, I guess, in public. I was like, mm, that was kind of like an eye contact that you do with somebody that you don't really know. Like, maybe this theory is going to pan out. Um, but again, for a split second when he kills Reese and then the other Reese comes out, I was like, is it a twin? Like, what is happening? Because I wasn't expecting the theory to actually be true. I was just like, oh, like, this is, it would be interesting if that was what actually happened, but I didn't think that, you know, that anybody would actually like figure it out. So I was like, is it a twin? And I was like, no, it's not a twin. It's like, this theory is actually ruled. And I was like, I love this twist. Yeah. Uh, and then I loved like Joe actually like realizing it while Reese is explaining it to him. So I guess when he's explaining it to mm-hmm. himself, just that realization and then just that whole montage and then we get to see some people we haven't seen in a while so i loved yeah all of that from like him finding out and being like holy shit like it's so, me. so <laughs> i
0: i oh real quick i just wanted to say go, go, go. I, I love that you brought it up about how reese was explaining the situation to joe virtually mm-hmm. he's just talking with himself mm-hmm. right because Reese doesn't really exist in that sort of capacity uh, in real life. And I love the sequence of Joe saying, I can prove this. I can prove Reese that you are real because we did see earlier that he hid a, a webcam just in case there was another break in and the scene of Reese coming in very hot. Of you know, okay, so what does Tom Lockwood have on me? Blah 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 blah, and and trying to get Joe a <laughs> trying to get a confession. Joe is like recording it. And, Do you think I'm that stupid? Blah, blah blah blah, right? And when you're watching the playback of that footage, it's just Joe. There, there is no one else there, and he's just like, oh, okay, well maybe, maybe this is real. <laughs> like it's so interesting mm-hmm. because the amount of like self awareness at that point. It was just on a completely different level. But I love the chemistry that we see between Joe and Reese, even though Reese is one dead, but the, the 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 identity of Reese in Joe's head is just having this full-fledged logical conversation with him and Joe is just in complete denial. And it's like, you're almost kind of made to believe like, Wow. Reese is a smart one in this situation. Like he's, (laughs) he's the brilliant one. Like he's the one that makes Joe tick obviously. And, and when Joe is struggling to recall the details about where Marianne is and like how he could find her location, Reese is just being straight up coy, you know, and just, Mm -hmm. you know, thinking you're getting warmer. It, like as Joe's looking through the apartment or the flat, he's like, you're getting warmer. You're getting warmer. Like, oh, like there's always a box. Like there's always a box. Like I lost <laughs> it when I heard that line. And of course the box that Reese is referring to is a box of Reese mementos, nail clippings, a sweaty um, towel, hand towel, um, all these other personal belongings that we've seen Joe take from his, his infatuations Right. Uh, I'm not even going to go into details of the previous boxes, but you get the idea. There's always a box that's kept yes. hidden, but in close proximity for Joe. But the struggle between Joe remembering where Marion is and how Reese is just like enjoying that struggle. I'm like, wow, that's really fucked up. Like, yes, like Reese, you could just <laughs> outright say where she is. But you enjoy this, and then I have to remind myself: no, this is the deepest part of evil that is within Joe Goldberg. Mm-hmm. I thought this was ex- extremely <laughs> well written, extremely well executed, and bravo to these actors! Like, god damn, yes,
1: the betrayals was amazing, and the the verbiage and the use of the just the amazing and immaculate like terms that they've used I really liked it I very much enjoyed it um I was for like a I was gonna go like back and say, tell you like I because I I never really let that theory go <laughs> right um because again like I feel like a freaking bloodhound I can smell it <laughs> um and I even
0: from a television show sure
1: yeah, it's like I'm telling you it's in media that I like I am by no means certified. I mm-hmm. get things wrong. I am I am not infallible people like just for the record. Yeah. I am not an expert in dissociative identity disorder. I just really like it in media. So mm-hmm. um I never really let the theory go and I did think it was odd that when raul and him were locked up by race and the thing that conveniently he was always out of the room while raul was out no was um he was like awake
0: yeah he was yeah always
1: conveniently yeah only came in like i was like "Mm, odd but whatever i'll let it slide no
0: one else was ever present when it was just the two of them speaking or interacting Mm -hmm. um i'm
1: like convenient and uh the second that um Reese Prime opened the door, saying, "Do I know you?" I was like, "I knew it." <laughs> yeah. um, so that was just me, but yeah, the, the the acting and the 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 words and this everything and yes, um, Alter Reese was uh, really loving it. He, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. he could, he could, he very could easily do that. But I think um, Reese for sure loves the game. Oh, God, loves yeah. the he loves it. and he knows that somewhere deep down, um, Joe does too. Mm-hmm. So he's like, hey, this is a game that I set that I we set up for each other. So
0: here we go. intense. Marcy, I wanted to ask you about this real fast because there's there's a moment when Joe takes a tranquilizer that Phoebe was using, I believe takes a long, Need a nap to try to get reset of his head. And he goes to Marion. In her cage to like free her. But like the code. The keypad code is not mm. working. And Marion. Is given a coffee or tea. Or something from Joe. That causes her to go to what appears to be. Anaphylactic shock. And so this one. Is the sequence even real. Because of what we. We discussed earlier about. Marianne appearing to have. OD'd on painkillers or whatever, Mm -hmm. but he has a series of visitors from Mm. female visitors, some lovers, one who isn't. Talk us through who he's visited by and the struggle that that man cannot escape.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, at this point, he's pretty frantic because he's like, Shit, what have I done? Marianne's in the cage. I can't get this code to work. I need to find this key. Like he is just on a rampage to find this key to maybe save Marianne. And like, then like he can be the good Joe that he thinks he wants to be, or that he is. Um, So he's just kind of sitting there in his flat. And lo and behold, he first sees Gemma. Who's like, you killed me. You didn't even have the decency to have sex with me first. Like you just killed me. That was like, not cool
0: priorities um, though exactly priorities right? <laughs> i i too probably would enjoy a good shag before i'm murdered, exactly. just saying
2: i mean don't come at
0: me people don't go out even try <laughs> literally exactly Jesus.
2: uh so you know she's like i was coming on to you i knew who you were but you killed me um so then he's just kind of she's like i i don't have the key like so then he's kind of just walking there's this of dark room we eventually see there's kind of people sitting off to the sides there's somebody in the front it looks like maybe it's a small bookshop with maybe like uh, an author reading to an audience uh, mm-hmm. we see that it is our good friend Beck from season one it was so
0: good to see her and guinevere beck makes her her second appearance yes post yeah. her her season yeah definitely mm-hmm. missed her and
2: she's like joe like what are you doing basically she's like you always do this you think you're doing this for love but like you're not like you're just kind of a troubled troubled soul
0: mm-hmm. um so you know she's like i don't have the key keep looking <laughs> i'm not gonna say she- to you she does, and not that we're going to dive deep into any of this, but mm-hmm. she does mention Bluebeard's Castle, which um, yeah. is a story dealing with lots of dead wives, let's, mm-hmm. or lots of dead ladies. Skeletons
1: so. in the closet. Skeletons in the very closet,
0: there you go. Quite, let's, quite literally. I, that was a great reference to yeah. make, one, it's a literary sort of situation because it's very appropriate for Joe and, and Beck. Um but it's it's just so apropos with Mm -hmm. you know joe's the inner
1: darker secrets of a man's mind
0: exactly so okay so exactly so first gemma yep then beck that's not all though
2: no then eventually you know after he's done with Beck he's like i still haven't found this key i need to find the key um he's walking again another dark room we see our beloved my beloved at least love it was so good to see her again too um then you know she's just like joe what have you done and then he's like it can't be anything good um and then she kind of said something that made me think maybe even all of love's misdeeds were not really what we think they are. It could have just been Joe fooling us all along um, because he's like, you know, everything that you did. And she's like, wait, everything that I did. She's like, no, 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 no. That was all you, Joe Goldberg. Um, So Mm -hmm. again, she's like, "Uh, maybe I have the key, but maybe I don't. So um, he doesn't find this key, but he does see, you know, his ex lovers, Gemma, who he didn't really care for at all. But Yeah, definitely. Rightfully so. Exactly. (laughs) Definitely playing into I love the whole Taylor Swift. You know, it's me. I'm the problem. But also you got to think of got a long line of got a long list of ex lovers. They'll tell you I'm insane, because he literally is insane. And he has all of these dead lovers, ex lovers who are dead. Mm. They can't really tell you anything about him. But Um, it was so good to see both Beck and love and then for them to like, really tell him off and just be like, no, like you, it's not really what you do. Isn't really for love? You're just kind of like doing this because you get infatuated and like, you just want to blame us for what you do, which I loved because this happens Mm -hmm. a lot in real life too, where yeah typically men and i'm saying this like as a straight woman who's only been in relationships with men so like this is why i'm saying men men will tend to do things and then be like well i did this because of you and it's like no 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 you <laughs> did this because you wanted to do this do not put yeah. it on me so mm-hmm. i loved that they were able to come back and be like no joe like don't ever say that what you did was because of us or that we did it it's all mm-hmm. been you baby
0: so l- listen, yep. listen, I, I've, I've been married for almost eight years. I've been with my husband for almost 13 years. They can make their decisions <laughs> and not be influenced by anyone else. Yes. Just saying, just mm-hmm. saying, interpret that as you will people. So yeah, like I love seeing the comeback of these past lovers um, with the exception of Gemma because she clearly is not a past. I was a
1: little She's- weirded out by her
0: i was not happy about seeing her i'm just like this bitch again like no i don't want to see her like i don't I it was do unnecessary not it was completely unnecessary but the driving the point of making these kills because he felt threatened or he felt a certain type of way which i i think one mm-hmm. day maybe soon or maybe when season if there's a new another season i should say doing a character analysis on joe goldberg himself because i think it'd just be a very interesting deep dive considering what we now know from this uh this season and and the condition he suffers from so um to kind of round out what's happening with him and kate right there's always been like this understanding between him and kate about like listen i don't need to know about your past You don't need to know about mine. Let's accept each other for who we are and just, like, move forward. They seem to have, like, a really good relationship, right? Like, they're happy being boyfriend and girlfriend. Like, he's, of course, so fixated on her. He completely forgot about Marianne altogether, right? Joe (laughs) did because – and Reese is even, like – yeah. Reese is, like, even encouraging, like, oh, you should go and find out what's going on with Kate. Like, or oh, you should go shag her. You should, mm-hmm. you know, go like, whatever. Like, you do all these things. Like, he's encouraging it, right? And making Joe forget about Marion altogether, right? Well, when it comes down to these tough events that revolve around Kate and, like, that of her father, right? Kate, when she finds out that her father has had a hand in Every little event of her life, internships, uh, successful work achievements, uh, gallery opening, whatever the case may be, right? Tom Lockwood has always had a hand in it, right? She's never actually achieved anything on her own. And she hates being indebted to her father. And we actually do see her cry for the very Mm -hmm. first time. Like she had to get completely sloshed in order (laughs) to let Mm -hmm. that happen. But like now Joe is aware that Tom Lockwood has upset my person i gotta go take care of this situation so joe will go and kill tom lockwood as one does yeah but like here's the thing and this kind of falls apart for me joe uses kate's phone in order to text her father kate's a smart woman you don't think she would have put two and two (laughs) together about oh i never sent this message to my father oh look my father is dead (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry, that to Um, me was just like lazy writing.
1: It was a little bit. And um, I feel like it also just was... Hello, kitty cat. It was (laughs) not smart on... Hello, um you. (laughs) This is a hoax. Um, I feel like it just wasn't smart on Joe's part. And I feel like maybe Reese, the alter Reese was just kind of itching for a kill. And so he was just like, I'm going to... I'm going to push this as much as I can. And just like, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. And uh, he rushed.
2: It'll be sloppy, but who cares? It's a kill. A kill is a kill.
0: Well, yeah. And and speaking of sloppy, there's another thing that popped up that is very off character for Joe when he makes his kills. Is that when Reese's body is discovered in the woods or forest or whatever, <laughs> the media reports that there's DNA. On the body. Now, my question to you, ladies, is simply this. Is that real? Mm. Did Joe actually leave behind DNA? Because he's usually very careful about what he does. We saw that with Malcolm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, We saw that with all his other past kills. Or was that something that – because I think Tom Lockwood kind of alluded that, oh, that was just kind of hyped up for the media Mm -hmm. to to make it more interesting or what have you. But, like – It comes back again when Joe is having this conversation with Kate about Reese's death and Kate makes mention about the DNA and how the test results were inconclusive. So was Joe really that careless? Like, did he get sloppy, do you think?
2: Could be because I think at that point, once he realized he'd killed Reese, but then like Reese was still there. I think maybe he could have gotten sloppy because he was like, holy shit, what's going on when before he'd been able to just kind of do it and be in his zone and just be in his murdering zone because he's like, like, I've got this handled. I've done this before. But now when he's like, I really don't know what's going on with my mind. He could have been sloppy. Um, Mm -hmm. It could have also been like manipulated by Tom Lockwood, again, like you said, put in the media to just kind of see what happens. But that is all like very, very sketchy. So I think maybe Kate knows a little bit more than maybe she's letting on, Mm -hmm. Um, because I also think the police would hopefully try to do more investigating rather than, you know, when Tom Lockwood body shows up like the very obvious story that Joe has like concocted Um, and then not just trying to like follow up and like do some digging and be like why was he at the hangar like oh his daughter texted him like what was yeah. happening there so um it's pretty convoluted
0: yeah so I mean the police went to Joe uh, to ask him for tips about Malcolm's death mm-hmm. along with Simon and Sue and it's just kind of like are you really even doing your job Like right. really yeah no, are any of
1: was... the cops really doing their job i mean Nadia figured it out before any cop did
0: yeah london pd i need y'all to do to do better <laughs> no i just thought again like it was one of those things that was kind of maybe rushed and just like again you didn't have enough time to like mm-hmm. breathe and like let that kind of stew it just you know happened very very quickly uh, but with Kate, I mean, she, we we haven't talked exclusively about Kate because she's kind of intermingled with that of her father and then what's going on with Joe, of course. Um, but Joe kind of has like, I feel like a come to Jesus moment after killing not only Tom Lockwood, but Tom Lockwood's like, I don't know if he's a bodyguard or something, but that's driver, driver somebody to like kind of pin, oh, this is why Tom Lockwood was murdered because the guy wanted money, like you know need to make it plausible all the while reese is just kind of like supporting this violence and just toxicity and what have you but joe's like reflecting on what either oh who was it was it marianne or someone had basically said like this the only way to stop this is if joe ends it all together right Mm -hmm. and joe while walking on a bridge as one does is having this conversation with reese and reese is like no, like we're great together, we, you know. I love you. Like, I really, it was a great conversation. You. It was because,
1: like, alter that the reason alters exist is to present protect the body. So, mm-hmm. of course, when he's thinking of you know, ending the body,
2: Don't do
1: it. of course, he's like, Don't do it. We're great together. I like we can take care of each other, you and me. It's you and me, us, us yeah. together, and and that I love you. Oh my gosh, I was like,
0: This is great. oh, I know was wild but the way that Joe's thinking is like I have to be rid of this altar altogether mm-hmm. and he tosses Reese over the bridge into the into the Thames and then Joe you know stands up on on the side side rail and mm-hmm. jumps into the river himself mm-hmm. all the while thinking about Kate or that's at least what we're led to believe but it doesn't end there. should have probably ended there, rightfully, so. I really honestly feel that way. But he is rescued. He's in a hospital. Kate comes and visits him, and he t- comes clean. He comes clean about who he is, what he's done. Kate's like, we're gonna figure this out, I want to <laughs> share life with you. Like I'm gonna make everything go away. And I'm like, oh god, this is this is like another love Quinn situation except she's far more powerful, far richer. And to me, it kind of bothered me because I feel like we're repeating storylines that have already been told.
1: Yeah. I agree. And
0: again, lazy writing, it it's just like, how is this going to end any different in what one would assume would be a new season Mm -hmm. coming? Because we're Mm -hmm. not done wrapping up the season just yet. But it's like unless the twists and turns lead to let's say Joe's ultimate demise. Mm-hmm. But before we get to that, I want to talk a little bit about Nadia. Told you we'd come back to Nadia. Yes. Marcy, I know you, you have very strong feelings <laughs> about tell this. Us. <laughs> tell us. Tell Well, before we get to that, I, I have mm-hmm. to give a quick up, update about what happened to these tertiary characters. that no one gives a shit about yeah. um, after Adam's death. Blessing decides that she's going to uh, buy sundry house and built it inside the metaverse where everyone <laughs> can hang out. Sure, it's called Facebook people. Um, <laughs> both she and 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 Sophie have like purchased it. Right, Roald comes back, but Roald has had some up, ups up downsides himself. I don't know why I'm saying up. Um, he he killed a friend accidentally <laughs> in a hunting. It was so casual. Hunting Very accident. Dick Cheney of him. Very Dick Cheney. Yeah. Um, and and nothing has gone viral because you know his family kept it under wraps. Connie spent, I am happy to report, a whopping nine days in rehab before leaving, and continues to permanently be intoxicated, as one does. Uh, we've already talked. Valiant about effort. Yeah, valiant mm-hmm. effort. Yeah. Uh, Phoebe, as I mentioned earlier, she's teaching English to children. In Thailand. And then we see Joe and Kate. Well, And Marcia, I will let you talk about Mm -hmm. what happened with Nadia. But we do see Joe and Kate. They're no longer in London. Joe's no longer donning the long hair and beard that is Professor Jonathan Moore. He's back to Joe. They're in New York. They're giving an interview to, I don't know what outlet, but they're giving an interview. Joe has been given a second chance at life. And Kate Lockwood, I'm going to refer to her now, mm. <laughs> has yeah. made his past disappear. And apparently, Henry, his son that he left behind, has been returned to him. I don't know if y'all caught that, but I caught that. I was just like, oh my God. This I is- did on the second rewatch. And this, was- is, this is, um, it must be nice to be wealthy and
1: powerful. That's all I got to say. But Joe is an insanely lucky, coincidental person. Like he just happens to meet the like loves family who are insanely rich. He just happens to like meet the Lockwood family. Like he just happens to meet these rich people. Where
0: are my rich people to meet? Is this all (laughs) real though? Is my question.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Marcy, I want you to talk about Joe's final encounter With nadia in london justice for nadia is all i'm gonna say but hashtag justice for nadia i'm gonna put (laughs) that here on a banner real fast go ahead
2: we've been talking about how she's pretty smart she's figured it out she's getting help from her boyfriend they're going to get all the evidence that they need to really just kind of turn joe in get him off the streets like just justice. right? Justice for everybody. For Marianne, who he had locked up in the cage, for everybody else. So she is in his flat gathering evidence. Um, She's looking through the box. She finds his box and she finds everything in it. She's like, okay, her boyfriend's outside, supposed to be serving as the lookout. He obviously hasn't had a lot of experience being a lookout. (laughs) Uh, because when Nadia comes out, she's got all of her, you know, she's got her evidence that she's taken photos of, but she didn't actually take it, which Nadia, you should have just taken it with you and not just taken pictures. But anyway, okay. Yeah. Um, she can't find her boyfriend anywhere. She makes it back to his car, sees that he's not in it, then feels a presence behind her turns around it turns out to be joe slash jonathan obviously yeah exactly (laughs) all of these personalities um she's obviously very very frightened at this point but making her most valiant effort to not show it to not kind Mm -hmm. of let on that she knows Mm -hmm. um obviously joe knows that she knows um Mm -hmm. so she's just kind of backing away at first i got the feeling that he was just going to let her go because he's you know his voiceovers just kind of like hey like nadia like we can make this right like we can find some sort of arrangement and you know she's slowly backing away and then he reveals that that oh by the way here's your boyfriend who is like on the sidewalk dead uh and then he's like hold out your hand which she does error number two nadia um he places the bloody knife in her hand so now it's got her fingerprints and he's just basically saying like the cops are now going to find your boyfriend they're going to find evidence that i've planted Mm. um evidence at his house that I've planted Mm -hmm. and you're not going to like tell anybody about this. Right. She's been pleading. Like I will, I won't tell anybody I will just go away. He's like, yes, you will go away, but you will be actually going away to jail. And we find out from Joe, his voiceover that she kept a word. She didn't say anything, not even at her trial in her defense, she hasn't sent anything from jail, so Nadia has gone down for these crimes. Her only like crime was wanting to like get justice for Marianne and like figure all of mm-hmm. this out. Um, and something that I've hated is like I've seen online like different comment threads on different posts. People are like, "That's what she gets for being like Snoopy," and I'm like, "What? No! Like, how can like people
1: say like this is what those you- are?"
2: Not these Are just business.
1: people trying to apologize, Joe, yeah.
2: because he's hot. Yeah, like Joe apologized. <laughs> like, you know, that's her. He, she's a prime example. <laughs> you need to mind your business. And I'm like, no, like, she's a prime example of like Joe, like screwing over women.
1: Yeah, and, like, and of like what normal humans should do. You see somebody exactly. in a cage, and get them out, right, and, and try to like get rid of <laughs> their them. what. Oh.
2: So
0: yes, is, justice for it, Nadia. Is is that is that uh a, a way of saying, you know, snitches get stitches kind of kind Basically. of situation? Like yeah. that is wild. I, that is absolutely no, wild.
2: I, I for her.
1: I genuinely mm. want to pose the question of um, because we do see like later on during that interview that they uh Kate and Joe are having, that when he looks into the glass, he sees Reese. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think so it was Joe or Jonathan talking to Nadia. I think it was Reese.
0: Oh yeah, 100%. it was Reese.
1: Reese was the one talking to her. Just how he talked and how yeah. he moved and spoke and stuff like that. It, it was it was Reese.
0: It was so evil because even his final words to her about, I can't I can't wait to see what what you'll do. Like like that's meant to be as an encouragement from a professor to a student. Like, I can't wait to see the things that you'll do in the future kind of thing. But that was more of like a ha-ha, like see what you can do from jail. It was very much a taunt. And I I, I now feel that anytime that we've ever seen Joe be this evil kind of person, now we can associate that with his Reese altar, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You put a face and a, and a name to, to that altar. Because when we did see that scene you just talked about with the reflection and the window, and they're now as one. Before mm-hmm. the two were separate, and Reese was basically saying like, "We need to become as right. one. Like you need to accept who you are. You need to accept mm-hmm. this side of you in order for us to be." Yeah.
1: Which one. is a common thing in like. Oh yeah. Just di- like a dissociative media, it's a it's it's definitely a thing. Mm-hmm. It's very very common that they want to kill each other or become each other or yeah it is definitely a thing i just was i'm kind of glad that it showed that there was still both of them Mm -hmm. um they didn't just do the oh him trying to jump off the bridge suddenly got rid of one of the altars like that would have bothered me it's
0: it's almost like when you see like lord of the rings with gollum and smeagol you know that that same kind of dissociative pattern and yes and when Smeagol thinks that Gollum is is gone, he's he's free. No, he, you're you're never free of that person. It's not yeah, that simple. or
1: in um, in uh, Fight Club, I'm going to mention it again. Um, <laughs> We're about
0: fight, fight Club. Yeah,
1: um, yeah. the and the, like for anyone who's never seen Fight Club, I'm going to spoil it. Sorry. <laughs> um, he um, don't spoil it. <laughs> he shoots himself in the head. Yeah, like to kill his alter um mm-hmm. tyler and it worked like well it assumedly worked obviously assumedly, this, the, yeah. like the story ended like with that right. but like assumedly it worked and that's not how it works so yeah <laughs> i was kind of glad that um i thought that that's what they were going with with the mm. um and especially since after the bridge we see him with nadia and i was like and it was, I got resized from it. I'm just like, oh, so resurvived, not Joe.
0: But yeah. And it, yeah, I don't know. The, the interview the inter- was different, though. The interview continued with <laughs> Kate basically saying, you know, she's taking over her father's company and, you know, it's come into this great power and great wealth. And she's wanting to do good in the world, right? They want to build an art school. They want to do mm-hmm. this. They want Joe has purchased a small bookshop in New York. We're going back to Moonies y'all. I'm just saying, we're we're going back to Moonies and she's like, "Yeah, I want to do good in the world." And he the last line basically is of him saying, "I'm just here to help." And it's like, "Oh, you leave that up for interpretation. Like, what kind of monster is Kate going to be and what kind of help is Joe going to provide?" Yeah. Overall,
1: Really quick, do we know if... Because we know that he said that he told her everything. Did he tell her about the altars?
0: That is a great question. Does I, I she know? That, I think that remains to be seen. Um, mm-hmm. I, 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 one can presume that we're going to get one more season. I'm anticipating one one season that's going to be the finale mm-hmm. of the series. So, which leads me to my next question. Ladies... Uh, Marcy, I'm going to start with you. Your overall thoughts on part two of season four of You.
2: I liked it. Love the twist. I think they could have ended it there. I think um, I loved that at the end when he's talking to love, she's like, I have something for you and it's not the key. And it's like, it's the gun when it's like him. Like, I Mm -hmm. really need to end this. So I thought like him jumping off the bridge, not surviving. I was like that. I would have been satisfied with that as a series finale. And I'm like, okay, the Joe story is over. Like everybody can breathe easily. Like
0: everyone can live.
2: Exactly. Right. Um, But no, that didn't happen. So like, I'm kind of bummed about it. I think. At this point, like stretching it out more than at least one season, I think would really be like too much of it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I really want to see Joe get what's coming to him next season. Um, But there's a lot of like really good material that I guess they could incorporate. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yes, overall, really liked part two. Um, and then just really interested to see like where they go from here and how they wrap it all up, hopefully in like one more season. I, I don't think I could take two more seasons of Joe, honestly.
0: Amber, your overall thoughts on part two.
1: Um, I think it saved it (laughs) because I, I didn't really care for the first half. I, I, I just, I didn't, Mm -hmm. um, my boyfriend watched the entire series with me and he actually stopped. To the first half, he didn't even finish uh, episode five. He was just like, "I oh no." He's just what? like, I-, "I just don't like this season." And I'm like, "Fair, okay, whatever." Um, but with that, with the twists, and then also, I feel a little biased considering it's you know a specific type of media that I'm going to enjoy, um, and that the they did it well. I, I really I liked it. I think it turned it around completely, and. Um, I agree with Marcy. I think it should have ended. Um I especially with the conversation that Reese and Joe had, that conversation on the bridge. It was it would have been it just would have especially after the visions that he had with uh with Beck and Love, it was just it would have been perfect. Um i was I really was digging the fact of it being the that being the ending, but it ended up um I don't know <laughs> I, <laughs>
2: I'm just feelings. curious,
1: yeah, I'm curious to see how Kate interacts with yeah the altars, I guess, how interacts with um and how he interacts with the himself, knowing now that they are connected <laughs> or.
0: United. So. What I want to say to that, and then we'll, we'll have to wrap soon,
1: mm-hmm.
0: is that he made it known to Reese on that bridge that if he didn't end it, he knew that he was going to kill Kate. Yeah. So, Kate accepting him for who he is, whether or not he included <laughs> the altars or not, I say you deserve whatever happens to you. Or... Because True. she's so wealthy and powerful, and it is a monster in her own right, if you will. I thought th- not mine. She might flip it on him. Yeah. That's
1: what I actually thought was going to happen. I thought she was going to tell him, like, "Yeah, I'll make it go away for you," and then use her kind of, I guess, Whack- newfound Lockwood powers to be just like, "Nope, I am tearing you down." <laughs> yeah, I would have like once she got a full confession and once she got the whole story. Mm -hmm. I thought that would have been so much more interesting. And then also, like you mentioned how it's too close to the love story. I think so. Like it's following that pattern of love that love did. Mm -hmm. I think this would have been a really good um, foil to that for her to be like, kind of like I'm going in that direction.
0: Mm -hmm. So
1: it would have been.
0: Right. Well, I will say this. I am actually happy to see – not just one, but two happy endings, if you will, of oh, yes. one for Lady Phoebe yeah. and the other for Marianne. Marianne was able to foil Joe slash Reese, yes. and through Nadia's help, get back to her daughter Juliet. And I, I love, I love the little scene that they included of her with looking at the headline on her phone, and she kind of scoffs at a new, <laughs> like a new lease on life. Like really, mm-hmm. like this motherfucker. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I'm thinking this is the last we'll see of Marianne because there's really no point of bringing yeah. her back because Joe believes that she's dead. She obviously is on the other side of the world from Doesn't where really he currently Doesn't really have means to is. go
1: against the Lockwoods.
0: Exactly. So I think Marianne's story is concluded. I agree with both of you thinking that this should have been the final season altogether had they kept with the direction of Joe drowning in the thames mm-hmm. but obviously it seems that there are other plans in place we probably will not get a new season maybe for another couple of years or so but being that Penn badgley is so heavily involved in this show i mean he even directed some mm-hmm. of the episodes uh, one if not two if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. uh yeah i love the fact that he took direction or took the directing chair yeah for yeah. these episodes i thought it was brilliant mm-hmm. Brought a very interesting twist for Mm -hmm. the plot. It's not perfect, of course. There's some things that I don't think fleshed out very well. Mm -hmm. But overall, I thought part two was way better than part one. Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of saved season four, in my opinion. And I'm actually glad that Netflix decided to split this in part two, in two parts, rather. I think for their business model, it'd be best if they released episodes weekly just Mm -hmm. to help with interest and drive. It would help our podcasts, of course, instead of having to do one big wrap up. But hey, you know, yeah. here we are, we're doing it. So overall, very interesting season. I I do really enjoy the show and more so I'm glad I'm able to talk about this show with the both of you. So thank you all so much mm-hmm. for embarking this journey of you with me. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You, I, I can't. I can't do the pen badgley thing. Like, there's just no way. I don't have that voice for it. But anyway, so good at it. No. So good. So so good. It's like you just
1: it, speak in italics.
0: Yeah. No right. And all caps, but italics. Yeah. No, and in that. cursive. In cursive. That's true. Right. You're speaking That's in cursive italics. Oh my gosh, That's so funny. Yeah. Well, ladies, thank you once again. Um, We appreciate those who were in the chat today, Nick and Claire from Walking with the Woods, they were here earlier, as well as McDorks, Christian and McDorks, thank you so much for being here as well. Those who are watching the replay, please take a moment to subscribe to our YouTube channel, like this video, and don't forget to leave a comment about what your thoughts were for season four, part two of Netflix, You. Also, Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search at Watchers Basement. Use the same hashtag to help grow our audience. And you can also find our audio podcast available on Apple, Spotify, and Google. Be sure to give us a five-star rating. So for Amber, Marcy, I'm Brittany. Thank you so much for listening to our pod on the show You, We will be back soon for a new podcast. See you then.